This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. There we go. Hey, guys. Welcome to the wrap-up live. There were some technical difficulties. This is what happens when Keon Haddad is not producing the show, um, and that falls on me instead. Welcome to the wrap-up live. This is the official Raptors Republic live post-game show and podcast where we recap, we dissect, and we have some fun talking about the latest Raptors game you just watched. That was hilarious. Um <laughs> That was hilarious. Uh, I'm your host, Sahal Abdi. I am solo dolo tonight. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that already. No Oren Weisfeld, no Aiden Moss, no Kyle Brickman. Um, producers out as well. Uh, so I am quite literally solo, but I like it like this. I mean, it's fine. Sometimes you need a break from, from the usuals. You know, it is what it is. Tonight, your Toronto Raptors defeated the Atlanta Hawks 139 to 109, bringing the Raptors record to four and three on the NBA season. Guys, this was a massive, massive blowout win. It's good to have you guys in here. I didn't even expect this many people in here. This is for a blowout win on a Monday night? Sure. I mean, a lot of people seem to not like Trey Young. Um, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, let's get right into the game immediately, guys. This was a good one. This was a fun game. Atlanta Hawks, fun team to watch. Um, supposed to be, you know, that offensive juggernaut of sorts with Trey Young, one of the best guards in the league. The game started off with another starting lineup audible called by Nick Nurse. Again, his hand was forced due to an injury from the usual starting point guard friend Van Fleet. So what is the solution, you might ask? Size. We're going to go with a lot more size, Nick Nurse said. And uh, let uh, the Scotty Barnes point guard experiment truly begin, I guess. I mean, sure, uh, I'll take it. Your starting lineup for tonight's game was Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., OG, Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, and Christian Coloco, the rookie, gets another start. And right off the bat, the size difference made a massive uh, you know, difference between mo- both teams. It was working in the Raptors' favor early. They had four steals in the first quarter for Toronto. The problem was that beyond the steals, Atlanta was scoring with ease in the first half. And offensively, Scotty Barnes looked great, guys. I mean, he looked pretty good. We're talking about a guy who was thrown into a position. I know we don't stick to um, the classical point guard um, positional stuff with Nick Nurse. Um, There's tons of playmakers around the Raptors, whether they have Fred Van Fleet there or not. But the offense looked fluid early. I mean, it didn't look too bad. Um, Normally... When games are a lot closer, we start, you know, late in the fourth quarter and we diagnose that first. But guys, this was, I mean, a second half that just completely went off the rails for Atlanta. Toronto took over, I believe, in the fourth quarter. 
The Raptors outscored Atlanta 44 to 29, 44 points in the fourth quarter. Nate McMillan subbed his starters out with more than six minutes remaining in the fourth. Um, I don't mean to laugh, but um, I mean, it's tough because you look at this Atlanta Hawks team and um, they played six games previous to this one. They were, I believe, four and two heading into this game. And five of their six uh, games, sorry, were versus non-playoff teams from the 2021 NBA season. It was tough. I mean, Atlanta ran into the Milwaukee Bucks Saturday night and it did not look pretty for them. And I feel like this was their second true playoff uh, contender test for them. They ran into the Toronto Raptors and again, it did not look great for Atlanta. I mean, this is probably why it was a great thing that Toronto ran into so many tough teams to begin the season. Um, I mean, tough in context. I guess Miami's two and five now. So, I mean, it is what it is. And that team looks like it's falling apart. But, um, you know, we care about you, Kyle. I'm just going to throw that in there. Um, <laughs> speaking of Kyle Lowry, um, Pascal Siakam looked absolutely fantastic tonight. And one thing I love about Pascal Siakam is that when a star shot is not falling, I mean, you look at Pascal Siakam, and this is one of the hardest workers, not just on the team, but I think in the NBA. Kyle Lowry was notorious for this. When his shot wasn't falling, what else can you bring to the table? How else can you affect the game? Pascal Siakam played super aggressive all night. He was a turnover-causing machine, as well as OG Ananobi, who had, uh, I believe, six steals in this game. He had five in the first half, which is absolutely insane. I mean, OG Ananobi from start to finish... Uh, looked great defensively. Pascal Siakam shouted him out near the end there. Guys, this was a game that uh, from start to finish, I mean, the Raptors early on, it was kind of a tale of two halves. Defensively, they didn't look too great. Atlanta was getting what they wanted. The pick and roll, I mean, that was just tearing Toronto apart in the first half. And like I said, in the second half, they turned things around. Um, Pascal Siakam was the spearhead of this. Like I said, played super aggressive. He was super active on the boards. Uh, he finished with 31 points, 12 rebounds, and 6 assists. A typical Pascal Siakam game, a plus 30. Pascal Siakam was a plus 30. Pascal Siakam went to the free throw line 16 times and made 13 of those. Um, did not shoot over 50%, which is not typical, atypical, I guess you could say, for Pascal. 8 for 21 in this game, but like I said, he was um, he had a massive, massive impact on this game. And the shot wasn't falling. And that's why I mentioned Kyle Lowry, because Kyle Lowry was the master of this. And I think it just speaks to the overall development of Pascal Siakam's game and how well he's rounded off um, in this long NBA journey of his, or this short one, I guess you could say. The kid started playing basketball when he was 16. I, didn't, I don't mean to call Pascal Siakam a kid, but um, he began playing basketball as a 16-year-old. Um, and, uh, you know, what are we, eight, nine years in, 10 years in, and Pascal's here and he looks like a megastar. I mean, we're past just typical all-star narrative with Pascal. I mentioned this um, last week as well. Um, he looks fantastic. Chris Willis, thank you. I appreciate you. Uh, to all the viewers currently watching the live stream, smash the like button. You heard Chris himself. And to all the podcast listeners, we obviously appreciate you. If you guys could, could subscribe to the Rapcast, which is the uh, channel name for Raptors Republic, and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. I mean, we have tons of stuff coming out. We're going to have Samson's uh, Raptors Reaction podcast coming out as well on that. Tons of film analysis, videos, interviews, uh, pressers, uh, tons of stuff. Uh, back into the game really quick. 
And guys, there's not much to be said. I mean, about a, a, a game that in the second half just looked horrific for Atlanta. Um, it, it, it did not look great. Um, speaking from Toronto's side, the defense in the first half wildly inconsistent. They did get some balanced scoring early on. Chris Boucher came in. Malachi Flynn came in, which is not really a shocker. But, I mean, we were kind of used to seeing Delano Banton come in in the first half. Um, and Malachi Flynn came in, immediately made two very good plays. He found Chris Boucher uh, on the elbow, uh, 45, whatever you want to call it, wide open. Um, that was a three ball for Chris Boucher. And then, you know, the next play, the next possession offensively, Malachi Flynn found his way around a Chris Boucher screen, got ample room for a pull-up mid-range jump shot. That was a bucket. I mean, Malachi Flynn, in the, in the small minutes he got, he looked, Pretty good. And I could see why Toronto kind of wanted to switch the theme up a little bit. The size uh, mismatch was huge, I mean, for Atlanta. But look, they looked like they were ready in the first half for it, um, knowing Fred Van Vliet was out. The Raptors kind of switched it up, threw Flynn in there. Threw, um, you know, Boucher is obviously one of the bigger guys. I highlighted one fantastic, fantastic play that he had. I'll probably get to that later on. But like I said, guys, when you're solo and you are producing this as we go along for our live listeners, it's not that easy to, you know, pull up everything you want to pull up um, as we go along. Um, I do have a funny tweet to share with you guys later on, um, and I will read it out, obviously, for our podcast listeners as well. Um, Chris is one of our greatest supporters. I love this guy. Thank you, Chris. We appreciate you. Uh, and yes, um, an aggressive Scotty Barnes was important for Toronto as well. We can get into him a little bit later. But just going over the game, I guess I keep going back and forth from the first and second half. Like I said earlier, the pick and roll was far, far too easy for Atlanta in the first half. Uh, the Raptors did put on somewhat of a defensive masterclass in the second half. And at the end of the first half, I want to say as well, they led the Hawks 64-53. Um, OG Ananobi with six stocks. You heard that right. Uh, six stocks, not Apple stocks, uh, not Amazon stocks. We're talking steals and blocks in the first half. He had five steals and one block. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I quickly wanted to share with you guys, let's see if I can bring it up um, in the meantime. Let me see if I can do this really quickly. Do, 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 do. I don't think I'm going to have enough time for it. I'll bring it up later. I'll bring it up later. Um, but Toronto was doing a great job on Trey Young in this game. He They made life very difficult for him. Anytime you face an offensive superstar like Trey Young, you want to make life difficult. He was 3 for 13 in this game, a minus 29, 14 points. He did dish the ball around. He did get to the free throw line. Maybe not um, as much as you would expect uh, Trey Young to. Uh, eight times, which is quite a bit for the average NBA player. But Trey Young, I mean, if you've watched Trey Young before, you know him getting to the line 10, 12, 14 times um, is, is is a regular thing for him. Uh, like I said, 3 for 13, that's a massive, massive deal. Uh, as well as DeAndre Hunter, he went 4 for 10 in this game. DeJounte Murray played pretty good. I mean, not horrible. I mean, at least stats-wise. But when you watch him from the eye test, he had couple eyesore plays where he was just dribbling the air out of the basketball and a lot of that had to do with the Raptors playing fantastic fantastic defense in this game Toronto essentially just forced the Atlanta Hawks uh, and their peripheral peripheral players to hit shots a lot of them coming at the end of the shot clock uh, and going back to Siakam I mean he had a tough matchup in this one Atlanta can you know uh, 
you know, having Okongwu match up incredibly well versus Siakam is a thing that Alana obviously threw at Pascal and Nick Nurse the entire game. And I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, he did a pretty solid job. Pascal was attempting some difficult shots throughout the game. Uh, life did look a little bit rough for him at some points in the game. But, I mean, when you work hard, life can only get so rough. I mean, hey, remember that. That's, that's, a, that's a life lesson for you guys now. Uh, but, yeah, despite that, uh, Pascal was still working tremendously, tremendously hard to get shots off. And, and most significantly, he was attacking the rim. When are you going to see Pascal attempt 16 free throws in the game? That's super important for Toronto, and I think particularly important for uh, Pascal Siakam. And it goes back to what I said about when his shot's not falling, how else can you affect the game? Um, going into this game, like I said, Atlanta didn't have much of a challenge this season. Uh, they played the Houston Rockets, the Orlando Magic, the Charlotte Hornets, uh, mind you, without LaMelo Ball, and they played the Detroit Pistons twice. And this isn't Detroit Pistons slander. It's not, Raptors fans. And whoever else is watching, because the Pistons, uh, you know, quite literally have the Raptors number these last few years or however many years since Dwayne Casey's been there. Um, so that's not Pistons slander, but uh, the Atlanta Hawks have not faced, you know, very tough teams thus far this season. Um, and they, like I said, they ran into the Bucks on Saturday night. That was a difficult loss for them. They came into this game with an eighth overall offensive rating. Uh, for the Atlanta Hawks, um, 17th overall in defensive rating. The Raptors on the other side came in with a 24th offensive rating. How does it look great? I mean, it is what it is. And a 15th uh, defensive rating, which could obviously get much, much better and probably will improve um, after this game. Uh, it's unfortunate, I guess, uh, in a way for Atlanta because this is the type of game that they want to um, kind of take advantage of. Toronto's missing one of their best players in Fred Van Vliet. Um, so you're looking at it from Atlanta's perspective like, I mean, this must be a game for Trey Young because Fred Van Vliet's one of the best perimeter defenders in terms of really being shifty and, and mobile enough defensively um, to get in front of these guards. He's notorious for for doing well um, against Stephen Curry. A lot of people still talk about that. But even beyond that, Fred Van Vliet is well known across the league as one of the best defensive guards in the NBA. Um, but he is. He, he did come off a tough, tough game. Um, he was... Um, injured. He did admit afterwards after that game that he didn't have much pop and or pep in his step, however you want to put it, um, and will bounce back. However, he was out for this game. Um, and, you know, you need that type of defensive energy against Trey. I mean, I was a little bit of pan I was a little bit panicked uh, heading into this game, but you know, Toronto looked great. Pascal Siakam said it at the end of the game. Uh, you know, Nick Nurse challenged them before this game and did not like the energy that they, they've had in previous games. And he challenged them to really work hard. Uh, and they did. They did. And uh, I know a lot of Raptors fans. Um, I don't want to speak about the, the previous game too much. But I know a lot of Raptors fans were really, really disappointed uh, and critical of Fred Van Fleet in that game. Um, but, and you know, winning a game like this without Fred Van Fleet might, you know, who knows? It might amplify those voices even more. Um, but I think if you've watched the Raptors long enough, you understand the significance and the importance of Fred Van Fleet and what he brings to this team, whether, uh, you know, despite this, this, this win or not. I mean, if this is a win or a loss, I don't think that really, you know, adds to the point at all. Um, because, you know, sometimes Raptors fans, really like all NBA fans, lo love taking small sample sizes of things and just uh, going crazy with it. But... Um, this was a, this was a good win, a very good win for Toronto. Atlanta's a tough team, like I said, four and two heading into this, heading into this, uh, 
game. They are now four and three. They're fourth in the Eastern Conference. The Raptors are tied at four and three, seventh in the Eastern Conference. I mean, it is what it is. Tied fourth, seventh. Uh, it is what it is. Raptors are fourth. Atlanta seventh. Sure, whatever, whichever one you like. Um, uh, we can, we're going to get into Scotty Barnes, I think, a little bit because he he really does deserve to be talked about in this game. Um, Scotty finished. With 21 points, he was a plus 31. I believe that was the best in the entire game. I mean, I thought Pascal Siakam at a plus 30 was the, was the best of the game, but he was at a plus 31. And this little point guard experiment, he had 21 points, eight assists, seven rebounds, a steal. Um, he looked good, seven for 14 in 33 minutes. Uh, Scotty Barnes, uh, I mean, operating the pick and roll at the top, his ability to just move off ball. He looked very, very good. Um, and this is a guy that, I mean, Raptors fans aren't shocked, I guess, by this. Because if you remember, Scotty Barnes did play, you know, point guard for Florida State. He played a bunch of it last season in spurts for Toronto. Um, this was a, a situation where Nick Nurse looked at Fred Van Vliet being out. And he said, how can we make the most of, you know, going with this Goliath-sized lineup of Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Christian Coloco, um, and, and they made it work in the first half. Things did not look great. I mean, the first 24 minutes, it was tough. It was tough. I mean, I, I should say the first 21 minutes, cause those last three minutes of the first half, the Raptors took a, took a, a sizable lead. Um, like I said, went into the half with an 11 point lead. And then the third quarter, you know, they were just chipping away in the fourth quarter, especially that first half. It was just utter destruction. Um, it looked horrible. Atlanta looked horrible. I was trying to watch the game even from their perspective. It did not look good. So, I mean, there's not much to say about this game. It's going to be, this is going to be, you know, not just because this was a blow up win, um, but this is going to be much, much of a shorter, I think, um, wrap up live that you guys are used to. Um, just because I don't have Oren to kind of nudge or Aiden to nudge or Kyle Brickman to nudge in this game. Um, and like I said, going into this game, uh, you know, people will look at it and say, you know, well, Atlanta's not that great to begin with. Uh, Atlanta looks like a playoff team. I mean, look, going into this game, they look like a playoff team. Um, they have Nate McMillan, who I still believe is is probably a top 10, 12 coach in the league uh, easily for me. Uh, if people remember when he took over a few years ago for the Atlanta Hawks in that second half of the season, um, the Hawks went 27 and 11. And that was the same year uh, Trey Young, you know, was was went bonkers in the playoffs. He faced the Knicks, I believe it was. Um, they made they made the Eastern Conference Finals. That was a very very good Hawks team. And now this is a Hawks team going into the season that looks different. I mean, they're not just running it back. They they had a big offseason move that they worked into this team, and that was acquiring All Star Dejounte Murray from San Antonio, which was, um, you know, from San Antonio's perspective at least, um, supposed to kind of uh, in 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 Jamar Hines of Raptors Republic, uh, his words that was supposed to kickstart a Spurs rebuild, and it did not because, funny enough, your Toronto Raptors have the San Antonio Spurs on Wednesday night, and the Spurs, as I quickly look at this, they're at five wins and two losses. So I mean, Wembanyama, I don't know. Maybe you're not going to see Popovich after all. Uh, it is what it is. Um, but like I said, DeJounte Murray is now in the Hawks. This is one of the best defensive guards in the league, clearly. He was an all-star last season. Uh, Trey Young, what's his biggest kind of gripe, his biggest weakness on the court? Clearly, it's defense. He's uh, arguably one of the worst defenders, I think, in the league. 
Um, but obviously being an elite offensive player kind of you can't really you, you we can't really get at Trey Young for for not playing great defense if he's if he's this good offensively because he not only can he score for himself but he gets his other teammates involved um and I, I that I think can keep Atlanta afloat and now he has DeJounte Murray beside him one of the better defensive guards in the league um really quick we're gonna go into who I believe is the Can-Am tax man and you guys see it at the top canamtax.com 416 you guys see that do i really have to read it for you i mean i'll read it for the podcast listeners 416-243-2912 you can visit canamtax.com guys tax season is approaching so you know where to go we told you all of last season canam tax had a ton of people visit them you can look at their google reviews you don't even have to believe anything i'm saying honestly do not believe anything sohal is saying because according to kyle brickman i am the Raptors pessimist of wrap up live. Um, so, uh, with that being said, canamtax.com, guys. This is difficult because canam, we've switched it up this season, guys. We used to just pick the best player, and uh, your canam tax men might have to be chosen. And you know what the best part is, guys? I get to choose the canam tax man or men um, without Kyle, Aiden, or Oren, or even Zarar. Um, cutting me off or telling me that it doesn't make sense. So this is great. You know, sometimes these solo pods are great. This is fun. Um, what I will do, though, um, is I will name three Can-Am Tax Men of the Game. And we don't do that usually. Usually we have just one player. I am going to name Pascal Siakam to start. 31 points, 12 rebounds, 66. Went to the free throw line 16 times. I am also going to name... Scotty Barnes, who went 7 for 14 from the field. He was a plus 31. That was the best in the game. 21 points, 8 assists, 7 rebounds. And he hit uh, three threes to start off the game, if you guys remember that. And my last and final Can-Am Taxman of the night is none other than OG Ananobi. And I know all these guys, you know, my co-hosts are going to watch this at the end and go, Saul, what are you doing? Why are you choosing three Canada tax men? Well, guess what, guys? Because I'm the only one here, and this is this is this is a great feeling. So, you know, I feel like you know, for for a Game of Thrones reference uh, or a House of Dragon reference, I feel like I'm on the Iron Throne right now. This feels great. This feels fantastic. I get to choose the Canada tax man without having to ask Oren, Aiden, and, and Kyle and all these guys their opinion. This this is this is fantastic. I love this. So I'm gonna go with Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes, and OG Ananobi, all for different reasons. Pascal, the most aggressive player. He was leading the Raptors throughout the whole night. His energy was so infectious. Scotty Barnes for walking into a new role as the Raptors, I guess you could say, point guard with quotation marks in this game. He had eight assists. He looked fantastic in this game. Super aggressive as well. And then OG Ananobi, who, I mean, at this point, OG Ananobi keeps this up, guys. We're looking at a guy that, I mean... (laughs) I might have to, to 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 stage a protest if he doesn't make all NBA defense this year, um, because what he's doing is is phenomenal to the point where now we're starting to see that um, you know NBA uh, media level kind of uh, attraction. I, I'm looking at Twitter and I'm not seeing the same you know typical Raptors media talking about OG and Raptors Twitter talking about OG. I'm starting to see his name out there from from some from some NBA level media heads, which is great to see. Um, which means hopefully he's going to get that, you know, um, 
those votes at the end of the season. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. And and uh, the worst part about all defense, I think sometimes it's a lot. It's a lot of times it's about steals and blocks. Um, I think more than it is about impact. I mean, if you look at the defensive player of the year the last three four years, you see Rudy Gobert there a lot, um, and he's extremely impactful. Um, and then you see Marcus Smart from last season, who maybe wasn't the best defender in the league last season, but I, w- I don't want to take anything away from him. He's extremely impactful for what Boston does. You know, without him, they're not the the best defensive team from last year. But I think OG Ananobi, you're looking at him this season and, and you're going, this is a guy that can elevate the Raptors to a top five finish defensively as a team. And he is clearly, uh, crystal clear, uh, the best defender on the team for me. Uh, we're going to quickly get into some questions really quick. Really quick, we're going to get into some questions from the live comments. And after that, we will be gone. So if you have any questions at all from the live question from the live if you have any questions for the live questions, if you have any questions, my live viewers who are here, I have a hundred plus here with me tonight. I don't know. Like I said, Monday night, Raptors blowout. Sure, I'll take it. I mean, I love you guys. I hope you guys love me. I mean, it is what it is. I'll take it. Um, if you guys have any questions at all, I'm gonna answer a couple of them and then we'll go from there because I see. Um, at least for our, for our podcast listeners, you know, you guys are just listening, but I can see a ton of, of discussion going on in the live comment section, a ton of uh, disagreements, arguments. Uh, I'm not sure what is going on in there really quick. Um, let's quickly scroll through. And we've got... This is so a question from Lester. I hope it's. I hope I said that right. Uh, the main topic in the chat is Fred Van Vliet's future. What do you think? Um, I mean, there's not there's not much to say. I feel like he's part of the long term future for Toronto. I think they value him highly, not just as a player but as a leader. Um, I feel like it's a little bit a little bit overblown. I know a lot of people have been questioning his fit. Um, I think with Toronto recently. I mean, I'm I'm not really understanding it because you look at this Toronto team from, from, from the top down and this doesn't look like, you know, a, a finals contending team right now. Um, they look like a team that can make some noise in the playoffs for sure. Um, but I think Fred is quite clearly, um, you know, an all-star level guard in this league. Uh, I mean, he was an all-star last season. He's a guy that, yes, he does have his faults, um, he's not, you know, an, an absolutely incredible playmaker. Um, he's not a guy that's gonna, you know, take you off the dribble over and over and over again, like a Trey Youngwood or a Steph Curry would. He's a guy that sometimes there's some nights we're off ball. He looks better than he does on ball, right? Defensively, he's going to give you the same effort every single game. But I think, um, in terms of everything, you know, I just mentioned his, his leadership, his ability on the court, his shot making skills. Um, is he going to be streaky from night to night? Sure. I mean, um, what player is not that's going to take 12 plus 15 plus shots every single night um fair and fleet I, I can quite confidently say is part of the toronto raptors long-term future as of now at least um so i mean i hope you guys didn't expect me to say anything different um really quick Uh, okay, we got a question from Azam Ali. He says, do you think this team would have been a contender if we traded for Donovan Mitchell? 
So we do a little bit of a rewind to the offseason. Obviously, the Cavaliers traded for the disgruntled star from the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell. And that seems to have elevated them to a higher status. I mean, this season, the, the Cavs look just around that Raptors tier, I guess you could say, where they look like they can make some noise in the playoffs as well. Um, speaking for Donovan Mitchell particularly, I don't know if he would be the best fit for Toronto. I mean, you look at the team from, from, from you know, 1 to 15, and the Raptors have a clear identity of guys who are two-way kind of stars, uh, OG, Pascal, Fred, Gary, guys who really defensively uh, can make m- – a massive mark on the game, uh, just just on a solo level for all, for all of them. Um, and Donovan Mitchell, don't get me wrong, fantastic, fantastic player. He's a star, tremendous uh, ability to score, athletic, can you know do everything that will land him on Bleacher Report or House of Highlights. Um, he's he's a star. That's what he is. I mean, if you guys remember what he did in the bubble, I believe when it was the Utah Jazz, I think, and the Denver Nuggets. Um, I believe it was Donovan Mitchell and, and, and Jamal Murray going back and forth. I mean, I still think about that that matchup now. Um, yeah, Donovan Mitchell's a, a star. Uh, would he, you know, make – would it make sense? I, I don't even know from a contract perspective if it would make sense for Toronto to uh, kind of kind of delve into that. But um, I do know from a fit perspective, it just wouldn't necessarily make all that much sense. Donovan Mitchell's not a big guy either. I mean, Fred's probably the, the anomaly on the team. I mean, he fits what they want to do. Um, you know, from a theme perspective, overall, their identity for the Raptors. But in terms of size, I mean, Fred, you add Donovan to that, and now, I mean, what do, what are you what are you looking at? Um, I'm not 100% sure if that would fit, but don't get me wrong. Donovan Mitchell is a fantastic, fantastic player. I don't want to take anything away from him. He is incredible. Um, uh, what else do we got? I think that'll, I think that'll do it. I think that'll do it. Uh, Matt T also asked really quick. Matt T asked, can we talk about Malachi Flynn's lack of defense? I mean, it's tough, honestly, to judge Malachi Flynn in in the nine minutes he played, especially when he's barely played this season. Um, He was a minus six in the nine minutes he played. Um, and I believe he was the only Raptor other than Ron Harper Jr. who played three minutes. So that doesn't even really count who, uh, who had a negative plus minus in this game. But again, even nine minutes is a very small sample size. So I don't want to really want to you know, focus too much on Malachi Flynn. I do know when he came into the game, he looked confident. I think that's the most you can ask for, for a guy who will not have a consistent role uh, in this rotation unless things change, right? He came in, um, he came in at the end of the game. He came in in the first half. He took those, you know, Delano Banton minutes. Um, and I don't think he really put a fo- too much of a foot wrong. I mean, he's a guy that, yes, he can get taken advantage of defensively. But at the same time, you're looking at it like you can't have it all with with a, with a rotation guard, you know, with your third or fourth guard that's, that's coming off the bench in Malachi Flynn. You can't have it all. Like, there's going to be weaknesses there. Um, are those weaknesses, you know, horrible enough where Nick Nurse feels he can't play him? I don't know especially in a game like this where Nick Nurse is trying to give Nate McMillan, on the other hand, uh, on the other side for Atlanta, uh, he's trying to give him different looks. I don't know if, you know, we can delve into Malachi Flynn's lack of defense until we see it over a longer, longer sample size. 
um, not just in terms of minutes, but in terms of games as well. But um, I liked what I saw from Malachi Flynn in this game. I wasn't I wasn't too concerned in this game. I wasn't too concerned at all. Um, I believe that is going to do it. Um, I appreciate this. This did not feel like 30 minutes at all. Um, this was fun. This was a lot of fun. And what I will say is having 100 plus live viewers um, after a Raptors blowout is incredible. So I want to thank every single person that um, not just watched and you could have left a minute in or two minutes in. I really want to thank the people who stayed from start to finish who were contributing to the live chat. I want to thank all of our podcast listeners as well. And before you guys leave us tonight, we had a ton of viewers. We need you to subscribe to the Raptors Republic YouTube as well as our podcast channel. Before you click that X button, just, just all you got to do is just click that thumbs up. It really does help our channel out. Uh, and this was the wrap-up, your official Raptors Republic post-game live show where your Toronto Raptors defeated the Atlanta Hawks 139-109. to 109. This was a big blowout that brought the Raptors record to 4-3 and three on the NBA season. This live show is normally produced by Keon Haddad, but he was not present today. So fortunately, we couldn't get you, we couldn't get you all the clips that you wanted to see. Um, we couldn't get you my tweet, which you know I would pull up, but again, I'm not. You guys got to give me a few games to get it to get into this solo stuff, um, and then maybe I can pull up some of my tweets for you. I had a really good one. If you're a House of Drag, if you're a House of the Drag, House of the Dragon, House of Dragons fan. I'm just gonna say Game of Thrones. If you're a Game of Thrones, a Game of Thrones fan, please, please go to Sahal Abdi on Twitter. You don't even have to follow me. I feel like you would enjoy one of the tweets I made tonight. But we'll see you guys all on Wednesday night versus the apparently non-tanking San Antonio Spurs, who, as of this waking moment, sit at five wins and two losses on the season. That should be a fun one. Facing Greg Popovich is always a fun one. We'll see you guys Wednesday night, hopefully. And uh, who knows? It might be me solo again. I might have a couple more with me. We'll see.